Hello, welcome to this Tuesday episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. I hope you all had a wonderful October weekend. At least the Steelers won, though. Of course, they tried to break your hearts at the end and almost blew a 17-point lead to the Philadelphia Eagles. But Sheets is better than Wawa. In the end, the Steelers get to 4-0. But, you know, my poor Virginia Tech Hokies lost a 56-45 to shootout against the number 18 North Carolina Tar Heels. So... I mean, it was a fun game to watch as Tech almost came back, but still, you know, when your defense allows 56 points, you're not going to win. That's just not going to happen. But there's been a lot of news that happened over the weekend around the NHL. For the Penguins on this show, we're just going to talk about some moves that they definitely could have made. I mean, I, I know I gave them a grade of a B for free agency, but I think I'm going to be sliding that down now to like a C, C- or something like that, just because of the new contracts that have come in with Jesper Foss. Craig Smith, I mean, Lucas Walmark, a bunch of others that we're going to discuss on the podcast today. That's going to come up in the uh, second segment. In the first segment, we're going to talk about some more Marc-Andre Fleury stuff because Vegas had the big news yesterday with Alex Petrangelo signing for seven years at $8.8 million per season. I know some people are scared about that contract, but right now, for probably at least the first half of it, I'm saying he's going to play at the level that he's played at for all of his career. Then I think the decline could come pretty steeply for Petrangelo. But again, we're going to talk about Marc-Andre Fleury and why it's just, it's definitely not going to happen now, especially with uh, comments from Vegas' GM last night as he's going to be staying in Vegas, it looks like, for the season with Robin Leonard. We're going to touch on that. Like I said, in the second segment, we're going to touch on just what other moves the Penguins could have made instead of these two depth signings that they had. And then in the third segment, we're just going to go around the league and talk about some other signings that happened over the weekend and which teams have improved the most and which teams have not improved at all. Also, for uh, the rest of this week, we are going to be having some guests on the podcast for tomorrow's episode on Wednesday. We are going to have the man, the myth, the legend, Danny from Penguins Twitter. I know this is a different Danny. It is not Shirey Irving. Um, His at is based otter, but he is absolutely hilarious on Twitter. He's a very good friend of mine and he knows his stuff. So he's going to be coming on the podcast tomorrow. On Thursday, we are going to have Doug. Oh my God, I'm going to mispronounce his last name so bad. Is it Glatke? Glat? I just, I do not know. But Doug, I'm so sorry if I mispronounced your last name. We're going to get it uh, when you come on the podcast this week. But his Twitter is Doug underscore G-L-A-T-T-K-E. He's a very good follow for Penguins fans. He's going to be coming on the podcast on Thursday. And then on Friday, we're going to do a little crossover with Locked On Rangers and talk with John Chicked about Jack Johnson going to the Rangers and how it's going to be a lot of fun to see Jack Johnson go up against the Penguins four to five times next season. So that's what's going on for the rest of this week. But let's get into the, the topics of discussion for today's show. Let's just get on into it with Marc-Andre Fleury. If, for those of you that have listened to this podcast for a long time, you guys know my thoughts on the Marc-Andre Fleury rumors for a reunion, but if this is your first episode of listening to me on this podcast or you just haven't listened in a very long time, I am very, very against Marc-Andre Fleury going back. We, we've seen the usual suspects over these last couple days saying, yeah, I mean, there's a mutual interest there. There really is a mutual interest for Fleury and the Penguins to come back. And it's just like, why would you give up assets to bring him back when you don't even need him? Like that's the thing. You Casey DeSmith is a perfectly fine, adequate backup. I do not see the reason to bring Mark Andre Fleury back. And then, oh yeah, guys, Vegas's GM Kelly McCrimmon said last night that we are going to roll with Robin Leonard and Mark Andre Fleury as our goaltenders next year. 
well, why are they going to roll with Flurry? I'm sure no one wanted to take his contract. He's making, what, $7 million against the cap for the next couple seasons. They even, I think, offered to take half of the contract back and even give a second-round pick in return to a team who would take it, but teams wouldn't budge on that. And I just don't think a lot of teams want to help Vegas right now just because of like the heist they pulled at the expansion draft by just getting a lot of really good players very fast. But, I mean, you, you have a couple teams to blame for without the Florida Panthers were just very brain dead with giving away Marjusso and Smith to protect Alex Petrovich. And then they were able to garner so much assets. I mean, you go out and get Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty. I mean, of course, they traded Nate Schmidt yesterday. That gets them very close to being under the cap. He went for a third-round pick in the 2022 draft to the Vancouver Canucks. That gives Quinn Hughes some help. But anyways, back to the original point. It just, it doesn't make any sense for Fleury to come here. And Tristan Jari, they they just signed him to a three-year deal. He's making $3.5 million for the next three years. You really want, so when Tristan Jari has a very bad start, does everyone really want all the Fleury stands and the Fleury cult leaders to be like, oh my God, it's time to play Marc-Andre Fleury. He needs to play the whole season. He needs to start. That's the exact garbage that Matt Murray got here for his entire tenure. And I'm sure he got sick of it. I mean, I think almost anyone would get pretty sick of that. And the other thing as well, guys, he's just not a good goaltender anymore. He wasn't even 9-10 last season. He wasn't even league average. He's getting older and older by the year. It just does not make any sense to bring him back. The only time they should bring Marc-Andre Fleury back, people, is when they sign him to a one-day contract to retire as a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins. I would have no problem with the Penguins doing that. I still want them to somehow do that with Yarmir Yager when Yager just whenever he calls it a career, he's going to be playing till he, like, he's 60 at this point. But still, I would love the Penguins to do that with Yager. I would be perfectly fine with him doing it with Marc-Andre Fleury. But now is not the time. You have a cheap goaltending tandem going into next season. Like I said, Jari, $3.5 million against the cap. DeSmith is not even two. So you're spending not even $5 million against the cap with your two goaltenders. And that's the way to do it. You don't want to be like the Montreal Canadiens over here who are spending $14 million to pay Carey Price and Jake Allen. That's just way too much of your salary cap tied up into two goaltenders. So yeah, that's a hard pass there as well. And also, I mean, Taylor Hase of DK Pittsburgh Sports explained it the best on her Twitter last night. Uh, you know, the first buyout window closed. The second only opens if a team has a player elect arbitration. Vegas had none elect. The only option is to train, trade with retained salary. The max retained salary from the CBA is 50%. Flurry makes $7 million. The Penguins can't take him on at $3.5 million even. She also says if a third team gets involved to retain money, what prospects and players can the Penguins actually afford to move that it makes it worth it for those teams, especially in a year when everyone is going to be struggling with cap issues? That is the big point right there. Why would you move assets, whether it's a player, prospect pick, just to get a player that's really not even going to be that big of an upgrade over Casey DeSmith? I'm sorry he isn't. He was a below average goaltender last season, and he's only getting older. So why even feel the need to go out there and get him? It's just absolutely not necessary at all. And especially just when you're giving up assets to do it, no thanks. And lastly, I'll just say this on the Marc-Andre Fleury stuff. There is a weird segment of the Penguins fan base that just obsesses over anything he does. You know, the smiles for 60 jokes, the pranks for 60 jokes. I mean, those are all well-documented. They're absolutely hilarious to make fun of those kind of people. But, you know, some of these people are like, oh, yeah, he'd be great in the locker room. The Penguins are missing that in the locker room. Please, miss me with that garbage. It's really not that big of a deal. The Penguins have good leadership in that locker room. Cindy Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, Jake Gensel, Jason Zucker in there. 
Brian Dumoulin, all the veterans that have been there for a while. I mean, I know Zucker hasn't been there for as long as those other players have. They're good leaders. You don't, you're not missing any leadership in the room with Marc Andre Fleury and those little pranks and laughs and whatever. So please stop using that as a reason to bring back Flower. It's just that's just a terrible reason. And honestly, the best tweet that I saw last night about this comes from Dan Hopper, Dan Hop OPS on uh, Pittsburgh Sports Twitter. The Penguins definitely could have used a leader like Mark Andre Fleury during those 2010 to 2015 years. Yep, I would say so too, especially after he just barfed all over himself in the playoffs. Year after year after year after year, he was just absolutely terrible for all those years so yeah flower if only if you were just average in one of those years the penguins probably have a fourth stanley cup right now for crosby and malkin so everyone has that to think about as we move towards the next segment but before we do that we do a little bit of breaking news apparently patrick marlowe has re-signed with the san jose sharks for one year at 700k so basically league minimum it was always weird with marlowe here he just didn't really seem to fit in i thought he was playing fine before the pause it looked like he was starting to fit in a little bit but then you know you come back from that very long break and then they play the exhibition game and then you have training camp and all that and then of course the playoff series he just looked lost in there looked slow looks like he lost five steps it's good that he's going back to san jose he's played there for basically his entire career he's probably going to retire there i mean if the sharks are bad again next season i can see them trading him again to try and see if he can go get another last run at the cup but um, if not, he's definitely going to be retiring there. But um, all the best wishes to Patrick Marlowe, especially his family. His his family is a great follow on social media, especially his wife. I remember that she put the picture of um, I think Marlowe in his mullet back in the '90s, wearing a Penguins jersey. I think uh, as a kid or something like that, teenager. That was really really funny to see. So like I said, all the best wishes to Marlowe and his family for going back out to San Jose. But before we talk about some other Penguin stuff, it is first time to talk about. RockAuto.com. It's a family business serving auto park customers online for 20 years. You can go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. The best of all, the prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same professionals and do it yourselves. You can go to rockout.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And you can write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. And we also can't forget about Bilko. There's plenty of walls that you have to break down through every day. A few of mine, you know, getting out of bed, figuring out what I want to do to start the day if I'm not working etc etc whether it's a mental or physical wall you can break through it with go every day it's easy to take in 1.5 ounce packages you can put in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever you can put in your golf bag to power through the back nine or you can put it in your pocket to get through the day it's a five hour energy without the same crash feeling plus it's natural so it's better for the body there's three delicious flavors chocolate mint chocolate coconut and peanut butter honey you can go to BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get $20 off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for $20 off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. So there's just a few moves this weekend that kind of made me a little bit upset at Jim Rutherford. You know, I know I gave the Penguins a B in my original grade on the Friday episode. I'm going to change that now with some of these signings that came out. I honestly should have just waited to do my grade. Um, I'm going to go back to like maybe a C or a C minus. I mean, we saw Jesper Foss, three-year contract, goes to the Carolina Hurricanes. He's getting $2 million per season. The Penguins are playing a one point. 1.4 million combined. Mark Jankowski and Evan Rodriguez for next season. They both make 700k. 
But Foss, he's going to be making only $2 million, and he's better than both of those players combined and does exactly what they do, just better. And that's the player that I really wanted the Penguins to go after. I mean, and especially at $2 million, it's like, Jim, you really couldn't have done that? I mean, that's just an easy contract to sign. I, even though it's three years, $2 million per, it's $6 million total. So I really don't understand why he felt the need to go out and sign Jankowski and Rodriguez for seven hundred k when a player like Faust could have been had for $2 million per season. And then, you know, you have Craig Smith. The Penguins honestly still had cap space for Craig Smith, even with, with these signings. Well, without them, they obviously did. But he goes to the Bruins, I think, a three-year deal, barely over $3 million per season with his skill set. He's one of the best shot generators in the league. Um, his goals for percentage, his expected goals for percentage is always very high overall. And he's just a great playmaker. And the Bruins are getting him for very cheap, like I said, barely over $3 million per season on a three-year deal. That's a player that the Penguins definitely could have afforded. I mean, we, we were seeing talks about how Smith could have gone in the $4 million range. That would have been outside the Penguins' price range. But, you know, when he goes for $3.1 million for three years, you know, it's just... Jen Rutherford just... I, I don't get it. You know, both of those contracts were well within the Penguins' cap situation. I know they really only had... $4 million in cap to spend, but they could have afforded one of those guys. I would have really liked them to have one of them. I think there's a tweet from this weekend. I can't remember who it was from. I know I saw it, you know, where if they could, the Penguins could have had both of these players, it would have been like the Tampa Bay effect with Barkley, Goudreau, and Blake Coleman coming over just because of how well their third line was with how they won the cup. And you could have stuck, stuck both Smith and Foss on the third line with Jared McCann. And that honestly would have, could have been the best, one of the best third lines in hockey. I mean, if you had a third line, you could put Jared McCann on the left wing, Craig Smith on the right wing, and then Jesper Faust as the center, or you can move Smith to center. I know he hasn't played a lot of center in his career. Hell, you can even have McCann as the third line center and then put Smith and Faust as his wingers. That's one of the best third lines in hockey. And the Penguins, with those contracts that they that Smith and Faust signed, they had the cap space to do it. I mean, they also could have moved out some money, you know, you look at Yuso Rikla, he's not really probably going to be used next season. Colton Sevier, I mean, he just kind of seems like a regular guy right now. He's making $1.7 million for this coming season. But is there even a spot for him in the lineup? I mean, maybe right now. But if you would have signed Faust and Smith and have them be like your Goudreau and Blake Holmans on your third line, you definitely could have found a team that needs to get to the cap floor that would take Sevier. Because right now, it just seems like he's like the Nick Spalling from that Hornquist trade where, of course, they traded James Neal down to Nashville. And then I think they dumped Spalling like less than a year after just because he didn't fit in the lineup. Like that's just what it seems to me right now. But, you know, Jim Rutherford had to go out and make his two moves as early as possible and sign two players for 700K each who are just defensive players for the most part. They really don't bring a lot of offense. They're going to be banking on Jankowski getting back to the level that he was um, a season or two ago where he had 17 goals one season and then 14 goals the other season. So, Here's to hoping they can do that, but I really wish they could have gotten one of Faust or Craig Smith. Hell, even both of them, because I know they could have afforded them. They could have moved out some money to make it work. So that just really, really frustrated me throughout this weekend. I mean, we also saw Troy Stetcher. I think he signed for just one year. Actually, excuse me. Uh, I think it was a two-year deal with the Detroit Red Wings. And we're going to get to Detroit coming up in the next segment as we go around the league because Stevie Eiserman is having a great offseason. But still, his cap hit is very cheap. I think it's below $2 million per for these next couple seasons. That would have been a great fit on uh, the Penguins third pairing with Mike Matheson. But, you know, that's not to be. They're going to roll, roll into the season with Chad Riedel. Again, I'm fine with that. But I think Stetcher would have been 
um, an upgrade over Ruedel if Jim Rutherford was able to snatch that. But I really don't see Jim Rutherford doing a lot before the season starts. I think he's fine with the team right now. I know he said he wanted to take a few days and see how the team looks and see if he wants to do anything else. But he also did say if a move comes along that he thinks makes the team better, he won't hesitate and do it. But I just really don't see the Penguins doing much more for the rest of the offseason. Could be wrong. You know, if I am, I'll eat a bunch of crow. But I just don't see Rutherford making a lot more moves especially as free agency is just very slow right now as well. But coming up in the next segment, we're going to go around the league, talk about some contracts that some teams signed that were not so good, but also talk about how, you know, some of these bad teams are making some smart decisions uh, during this free agent period. So stay tuned for that. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. And for this segment, you know, we're just going to start with the Detroit Red Wings because, you know, <laughs> Red Wings fans, they, they've just had nothing to root for for these last four to five years. It's just been an endless cycle of just being awful, honestly. But, you know, ever since Steve Eiserman got hired, you know, he's preached about this plan that he has. You know, it's going to be a long, painful rebuild, but it's starting to come together. It looks like, you know, they have a lot of young players, but he went out and signed Thomas Grice in free agency. That's a big upgrade over Jimmy Howard, who I think was there for an eternity. It had to have been like a decade or something like that. Grice, I think, was better than league average last year. He's going to give them good goaltending for the next couple of years. You know, yeah, they had the Troy Stetcher signing. Again, that's a great signing for them. And, you know, it's almost like they're putting NHL caliber players on their roster going into next season and not just a bunch of AHL call-ups. I mean, they also saw Vladislav Nemestikov. I think that's, what, a one- or two-year deal for cheap. You know, if the Red Wings are bad next season, which they very likely will be, they can fetch something for him at the trade deadline as well as Troy Stetcher. But, you know, they also signed Bobby Ryan. Again, what a story for Bobby Ryan this past season. I'm sure he's going to kill it in Detroit. So yeah, they're actually feeling an NHL caliber roster that's not filled with a bunch of garbage players. So Iserman's been killing it. I'm really liking the offseason that the Red Wings are having. He's going to have them back into contention at some point, just probably not for the next few years, I would say. Um, we also saw Taylor Hall, you know, goes to the Buffalo Sabres. Um, I, I was laughing at it. I know a bunch of others were as well, but I do get it for a financial standpoint and for a long-term uh, standpoint as well. I mean, he definitely wanted money. I mean, he's going to get $8 million for one season with the Sabres. They're probably not going to make the playoffs next season, which is going to frustrate Eichel, I would bet. But he's also just trying to get his value back up. You know, this is a big prove-it deal for Hall. He's going to try to get, I would say, what, 85 to 90 points in a full season playing next to Jack Eichel. And if he can do that, a lot of teams are going to be lining up to give him a seven, eight-year term for maybe 9 to $10 million per season. He's one of the best pure left-wingers in the league, there's probably not 10 that you can name that are better than him. Hell, I'd honestly go up there and say there's maybe not five or six that you can name that are better than Hall. So, And this is also the best line mate that Eichel will have played with on his line, so I'm really excited to see how they mesh together. Obviously, the Sabres want this to be a long-term fit. I mean, why wouldn't they? But I don't see it happening for a long-term fit. I think Hall is going to want to cash out after this deal. I mean, he definitely wants to win. The Sabres have not won for a very long time. They have not made the playoffs in nine years. I still wouldn't expect it that to change next season. I mean, they also signed Cody Eakin this offseason. So one step forward, two steps back. Eakin has just been very bad. And I'm not really sure what their plan is in goal. I honestly don't even know who their starting goaltender is going to next season. Is it Allmark still? But if so, you know, I feel like they could potentially use an upgrade. I mean, they could be a spot if Kelly McCrimmon decides to change his mind on Marc-Andre Fleury. That could be a prime landing spot for him. Um, and he would get the, all the starts there 
for Buffalo. Obviously, we already talked about Vegas getting Alex Petrangelo. I mean, they're absolutely loaded now. They have him, Shea Theodore, Alec Martinez. I mean, those are three rock-solid defensemen. You have two superstar defensemen there to go along with Mark Stone, Max Petrietti, Jonathan Marchessault, Riley Smith. I know they also traded Paul Stastny, but I mean, that this is a juggernaut Vegas team. William Carlson, of course. This team is really freaking good. They're the favorites, I think, in the West next season, along with Colorado. I mean, they're. I think teams need to like stop answering the phone when Joe Sackett calls. I mean, they sold Devon Taves from the Islanders yesterday. The Islanders' cap situation is just pretty piss poor, I would say, right now. They didn't have to lose Devon Taves, but because you have Andrew Ladd signed and a bunch of you know Cal Clutterbucks and a bunch of other garbage signed for so many years, you lose a player like Devon Taves, and now you still have to pay Barzell. And I think it's. Pelic, that's the RFA. I think it's Pelic or it's Pelic, one of the two. But, you know, I'm still hoping a team offer sheets Barzell, so that screws over the Islanders cap situation even more. Um, we had the Brandon Saad trade that happened. Really don't understand what Chicago is doing there. You know, I saw the article about the Blackhawks on the Athletic from Mark Lazarus. Jonathan Taves is not happy with the direction of the franchise that's going. You know, Corey Crawford, of course, also left to go to the New Jersey Devils. The band is breaking up out there in Chicago, and, you know, Stan Bowman is just totally lost, lost it these last few years. But Colorado's top six is pretty sacked. It's going to be them or Vegas that wins the West next season. But Joe Sackick has just really turned this around these last few years. I remember there was a time when Sackick would just keep losing trades, and he was considered a very bad GM. But, you know, he hired some smart people, and he must have changed um, his direction for where he wants to go with the team because it's just been smooth sailing ever since. He just fleeces every team he trades with. Um, around the Met- Along the Metro yesterday, um, I think Eric Gustafson went to the Flyers. He's not really that good. He's just basically a power play specialist. His defensive numbers at 5v5 are very bad as well. I don't really think anything else happened along the Metro this weekend. We did see, there was this funny quote, I think, from John Davidson of the New York Rangers. I'm going to try to find the tweet on my Twitter right now. They were talking about the uh, the Jack Johnson signing and how um, why they signed him. Apparently, he says Jack Johnson was signed to help with a PK, plus Jacques Martin recommended him. So, um, in case anyone was unaware of who the biggest problem was with the Penguins and their coaching staff and playing Jack Johnson, it appears to be Jacques Martin. And, you know, I don't really think Sullivan was ever, you know, pressed for his lineup decisions. I remember reading, I think it was a few months ago, I tweeted about this on my Twitter yesterday as well. Sullivan needs to have like an assistant coach on his staff, like a Rick Tockett, who will actually press him for his lineup decisions and will like have good conversations about it because he definitely seems like he wants to have some yes men around that be like, oh yeah, I'm going to put this guy in the lineup. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, they're not going to just voice their opinions on it. So I'm really hoping Tar Reardon and Mike Bellucci actually, you know, have a discussion with Mike Sullivan and not just be like, oh yeah, yes, sir. That, that sounds great or whatever. But yeah, the fact that Jacques Martin recommended him and how he was in charge of the defense for the Penguins and the penalty kill, that's, that's pretty bad. That's, that's embarrassing. His PK numbers, that's Johnson's that is, are just awful. They're some of the worst in the league. If you look at um, Jay Fresh Hockey's uh, chart for Jack Johnson, um, for PK, for a percentage, he's in the 10th percentile. That's absolutely awful. Even strength offense, 11%. Even strength defense, um, 8%. His projected wins above replacement is minus 0.9. That's one of the worst marks in the league. So yeah, I don't really know what film John Davidson and Jeff Gordon and Jacques Martin are watching on Jack Johnson. I would love to be a fly on the room for watching film his film with those three guys and just hear what they're talking about because it's honestly just probably a bunch of vomit. Jack is just not good in anything he does and we're going to be talking about that with John Shake later on this week on Locked on Penguins. But that'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I really appreciate you all listening to this episode. We, we will be back tomorrow with Danny 
on the next episode of Locked on Penguins podcast, and I hope you all have a good rest of your day.